For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fence side. Thank you, Solo D. Welcome to another episode of On the Fin Side here with Kat and Paul. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. I'm Brian Cat NFL. Paul is fanatic underscore pick on Twitter. This is our final positional breakdown today, looking at the defensive back position. We're combining the cornerbacks and safeties for a couple of reasons here. Number one, cornerback after the Byron Jones signing. Looks like the lowest need on the Dolphins roster. And secondly, this tends to be a positionless defense after you get past Xavier Howard and Byron Jones on those boundaries. But going back to Byron Jones, we haven't had a, a huge chance to talk about him, Paul, uh, throughout the offseason here. Yeah, this is one player that not only does he fit exactly what the Dolphins are looking for in that man coverage opposite Xavier Howard. But he's also one player in free agency that their original team with the Cowboys did not want to lose regardless of the money. Yeah, it's he's a guy you don't want to throw at, but you don't want to throw at the opposite side of the field either. And I've been a fan of his since, you know, I think it's freshman year. So it's, a very exciting scenario for me to see him end up in Aqua. He, he was a guy I wanted right off the rip. Um, I know they had initially looked at him at safety, and I think you and I had a conversation when he was coming out in the draft uh, here on the show. And one of the things I said was, you know, you put him at corner. So if, if these GMs would have just listened to me positionally, that they would have really maximized their first-round talent a lot earlier on. And guys like Eric Flowers and Byron Jones, both of who ended up with Miami, no less, at the position that I said they should be in. Well, congratulations to you, Paul. Um, and yeah, we're, we're I did gonna, right there, didn't I? Yeah, yeah, not 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 too bad. Uh, let, let's look at the rest of the cornerback class here. Uh, it, it, we're we're going to whiz through these because of Xavier Howard and Byron Jones. Be, when you look at the rest of the class, not a lot has changed among the top ten or eleven cornerbacks. I mean, Jeff Okuda and C.J. Henderson are going to go in the top fifteen picks, uh, and then you get into a a group of of very good players too. Christian Fulton from LSU, Trayvon Diggs from Alabama, Jeff Gladney from TCU, AJ Terrell from Clemson, Jalen Johnson from Utah, uh, Damon Arnett from Ohio State, Noah Igbenogany from Auburn, Cameron Dantzler from Mississippi State, and Hall from Virginia. So th- those players are projected to go within the first, you know, 50 to 75 picks. But yeah, Looking at it, given what the Dolphins have spent here at cornerback, I don't see him spending a lot of draft resources trying to get uh, a player in the first first or second day. I don't really see it either unless the value exceeds the pick by almost a round. Um, you know, if you're sitting there in the third round and Arnett is on the board, he'd be hard to decline. If you're there in the second and, and Diggs is on the board or 
Henderson. It, it, it'd be hard to decline. Um, so it's, it's, but again, it's a tough sell. Like if Miami's at five and, you know, all hell breaks loose, the quarterbacks are gone and Jeff Akuta sitting there on the board. I love Jeff Akuta, but he's just not a fit for Miami as far as a top 10 pick right now goes, considering they've got X and, and Byron locked up for years, as well as Nick Needham in the fold. And, you know, I, I also look at the depth at positions like corner and safety, and they're like the running back class for me. As good as there are name-wise at the top, there's a hell of a lot of talent dispersed down to where you can get those guys in the fifth, sixth round even potentially, and have them be immediate day one contributors. You bet. And Jeff Akuda is somebody that we talked about as you know, he was fourth on my board, third on yours a uh, couple of months ago. But after Byron Jones, Xavier Howard, you're quite honestly not going to spend the fifth overall pick or any trade down pick to get Jeff Akuda. He's probably going to go in the first three to five selections, like you said. Uh, C.J. Henderson's also going to go in, in that range, too. You know, I don't expect the Dolphins to draft a cornerback in the first really three rounds, but three players I'm looking at that wouldn't make a lot of sense because they have played the slot position and played at a high level in, in college. Number one, Christian Fulton from LSU. He specializes in man and press coverage and He's somebody that's, you know, is projected to be a top 15, 20 pick before the year. Might be sliding down just a little bit into that second round area. If he ends up going down to that 56 spot with the Dolphins, might be a consideration. Jalen Johnson, same way. Tough, instinctive player out of Utah. Noah Igbenogany is an interesting guy because he is, he just turned 20 years old here five months ago uh, out of Auburn. Uh, and when he got on the field after transitioning from wide receiver to cornerback, he played very, very well. But then the other part of that, too, is are, are you really going to spend a second-round pick on a cornerback who's transitioning from that wide receiver position just to be your number three cornerback? Probably not. So more than likely, Paul, we're looking at day three for the cornerback spot. We are, and it's it's interesting to me because I know you mentioned uh, Noah. I know you mentioned a few other guys. I'm somebody that really likes a lot of those long, lean uh, corners with the with the arms that they can get into you and jam you up at the line of scrimmage. And You know, they're big physical guys. And throughout this process, the more I watch tape, the more it seemed like the players I liked were six foot, 5'11", 5'10", 5'9", 5'8", even. Um, you know, guys like Noah, guys like, uh, oh, God, there's so many of them here. Christian Fulton, um, you know, Jalen Johnson's not the tallest. Jeff Gladney, I'm a huge fan and have been throughout the entire process. I think he's underrated comparatively, but that's based on the talent that's available out there. But a guy that I, I, you know, I'm going to jump right to my deep cuts because this guy's right there on the man crush list. The fact that you mentioned, um, you know, the Dolphins need the slot corner roll a little bit more than they need the boundary corner roll, which is absolutely correct, is Amik Robertson. I know you've got a lot you want to say on him too, but what a freaking monster. If you turn the tape on with this guy, you're not going to want to turn it off. 
I mean, he's an interception machine. He's a thumper. He reads plays well. He had an interception in the flat. I forget who it was against. Um, where he yeah, he it, was, it was against college. It was against Colin yeah. Johnson there in, in in Texas, and yeah, and Meek Robertson, fourteen interceptions in the last three years, five eight, one hundred and eighty seven pounds, and he also has the versatility to play safety and nickelback. So, the the question with Meek Robertson is, even though he's not a fast player, is he going to be able to cover receivers up the field because speed is such a, a big deal here at the cornerback spot? Uh, and some players I'm looking at too is. You know, it, it, if we're if we're talking about that slot role, Darnay Holmes from UCLA is, is somebody that's quite interesting. He he looks purely like an undersized slot cornerback, but plays with a chip on his shoulder. He took 20 credit hours here this the last couple of years, and uh, certainly has has shown some playmaking skills. Javaris Davis, the uh, younger cousin of Vontae Davis uh, is somebody that was invited to the senior bowl and uh, showed, showed that playmaking ability was one of the best players at the senior bowl too. Kendall Vilder is somebody that seems to fit that mold as well. Cornerback from Georgia Southern uh, ran a four, four, two and uh, can certainly play the outside can play the inside. So a lot of uh, those uh, third, fourth cornerbacks, and when you look at the Patriots of years past, they seem to draft a cornerback in the second or third round every year, even though they have a fully stocked depth chart among the top four. They do. And, and you know, a couple more guys, Levert Hill out of Michigan, um, Legereus Sneed out of Louisiana Tech, both exciting to watch. Troy Pride was a guy I liked going into the Senior Bowl, and I thought he had a good week and did very well there. And I think he could be somebody that, while he's only played boundary in college, can make that move to the slot position. I don't know if you're going to put him in at safety as much, but uh, he definitely could do it. Javelin Guidry. Is is there ever been a better name for a guy coming out of the secondary? I hate to put it that way. Oh, he's fast too. Oh, man, he's a burner. Um, It's He is one that I wouldn't be disappointed in. I think he needs a little bit of developmental work, but he'd get the chance in spades, and he can make up for it with his speed. Um, if he were to come to Miami, he'd get that time to to work it in behind Byron and Needham and X and God. got a lot of guys. <laughs> yeah, there there are, and the Dolphins are going to need a lot of guys because the most frustrating thing, Paul, would be for the Dolphins to spend all this money on Xavier Howard and Byron Jones as the outside cornerbacks. And then you see all these defensive backs getting chewed up inside. That's why it's so important to stockpile the roster with these defensive backs. I mean, Eric Rowe and Bobby McCain were converted from cornerback to safety and project as starters for next year. You know, you've also got Ty Hayes, you've got Nick Needham. They signed Clayton Felgelum. So they have a lot of very good players at that defensive back spot. But what I'm more excited about is the safety position because this is where I start to get really excited about the possibility of taking a free safety, either a 26, 39, or 56, and moving Bobby McCain down to that nickelback position. Yeah, I mean, it's it's maybe moving him down to nickelback 
maybe having them be a little bit of a hybrid. Uh, I'm okay with either of those. I like McCain a lot. He does give you the flexibility. I do think he can grow a little more into that role uh, at Free State if need be, but he also can can move down and, and do some fun things and be a movable piece for for Flores and, and his defense. Um, the safety position, I'm really excited about, and I look at it a little bit differently than some of the folks out there. I like Xavier McKinney. I like Grant Delpit. I really do. But I think this is a position with so much depth. Um, guys like Kyle Duggar, who you can probably grab in the late second, early third, if if you get a shot at him, or even Jeremy Chin, who's starting to creep up the draft boards a little bit too high for my liking. Uh, but he he's the guy that I've been watching through this whole process and I think could really come in and do a lot of things for you at that safety position, but still be able to play that, that free safety as well. Yeah, I'm willing to even go a little bit more crazy with the at the safety position because Ashton Davis might be my favorite player in the whole draft. Uh, rangy free, uh, free safety, who I think would have been a first rounder if he was able to work out. If he had not been injured and gone to the Senior Bowl, I think he would have made a big impression. Uh, Gerald Alexander, the Dolphins' uh, defensive backs coach, coached him last year at California. Very rangy kid. Similar to uh, Jesse Bates from the Bengals a couple of years ago. He had a, a big playmaking free safety, but he's, he's also willing, unlike Bates, to come up and support the run. The only uh, you know, hashtag with him is that he, he's 23 years old. Antoine Winfield Jr. from uh, from Minnesota brings a lot of great game film, and if you watch him, very very physical safety, and he can also play nickelback. And if you're telling me that the Dolphins can get Ashton Davis and Antoine Winfield with uh, two of those first five picks, I, I'm going to take that all day. He has nickel, free safety, strong safety versatility. The big the question with him is is he going to be able to stay healthy? playing that same physical brand of football. But yeah, Grant Delpit and Xavier McKinney are really the safe options here. You know, Delpit, I've come full circle on because he went from overrated for me before the season to off the radar after a poor 2019 year. But then he, I, I learned he had a high ankle sprain, missed a lot of tackles, but he has incredible football IQ and range. So yeah, I mean, you look at those first four guys, Ashton Davis, Antoine Winfield, Grant Delpit, and Xavier McKinney, for me, that's those are good football players. And then the, the small school players, like you talked about, available possibly in the late second, early third round, very interesting, too. Yeah, and, and you look at it, it, it's the safety position goes very deep this year. If you're looking for and, and this is going to sound crazy to a lot of folks because I, I know we've all been Rashad Jones fans for a while. I I think the only reason he didn't see the field a lot last year was just due to the injuries. I think Brian Flores would have had a lot of fun deploying Rashad Jones in Rashad Jones-like ways. And for that strong safety spot, guys like Antoine Brooks and Kaliki Hudson are two guys that really need to be that safety in the box type role. And so they don't preclude you from taking that free safety as well. It's And given the depth at the safety spot this year, 
you really can go out and grab two of them and have a role for both in this defense that improves the hell out of the secondary to go along with Byron, to go along with X, um, to go along with Bobby McCain to deploy him in the slot corner, and to go along with Eric Rowe. And Brooks and, and Kaliki Hudson are both guys that can come up and be fierce run defenders that can do okay-ish enough in coverage that you've got to account for them. Yeah, and even if they're not that full-time strong safety, they might be able to be a nickel linebacker. And the, the players that you talked about, Antoine Brooks and uh, and Kaliki, they're you know players you might be able to get in the fifth round. So, so that that would be incredible value. Uh, one of my favorite players in this draft too, out of Utah, is Terrell Burgess. Uh, he can play nickelback, free safety, incredible awareness, and he surprised a lot of people by running a four-four-six. And if, if you watch him on tape, he, he's somebody that I think Brian Flores and Josh Boyer would like at that defensive back spot. But you have to fill these positions among that, you know, five, six, seven, eight with those type of players. And another guy as well as, as uh, Kyvon Wallace from Clemson, you know, even though he's not the you know, biggest guy, the rangiest guy. He has a lot. He, he has a lot of experience there as a big time defensive back. And even when you get down into the, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh round too, you've got Geno Stone from Iowa, Aloe uh, Gilman from uh, Notre Dame, J.R. Reed from Georgia, Brandon Jones from Texas, Jordan Fuller from Ohio State. So a lot of big school players as well at that safety position who could show a lot of intelligence and maybe even be that Duran Harmon type of Patriots defensive back. Yeah. J.R. Reed's one that I really, really like throughout this entire process. I, I've been, I mean, you already know this. I think our listeners do too. I mean, I've been doing my little mock drafts since about October for this year, just, just, enjoying it and J.R. Reed was a guy that was a constant constant presence in October and he, he even through those some of the ones I've done in the past couple of weeks um, he's a guy that's slid value wise he's a solid if not spectacular player and, and really really serves as a fit for what Miami needs right now in addition to him you've got a couple other guys uh, guys like Reggie Floyd who can do a little bit more run support, but is a little less spectacular against the pass. God, I'm blanking on the names right now. You already mentioned Kayvon Wallace, but Sheen Carter from Alabama, who can slide into the slot a little bit, as well as play safety. And so you can disguise your defenses with him on the field. You know, those move pieces really, and I know that's a theme for us, but it holds true, really hold value for Brian, Brian Flores and the type of defense he wants to run. The more formations he can run with the personnel he's got on the field without subbing, the more he he seems to gravitate towards those players. So Yeah, well you're again, you're exactly you're exactly right on that because it's hard to picture these guys in that certain role. I mean, we we expected Bobby McCain to be just a cornerback last year. Same thing with Eric Rowe. And they were safeties at the end of the year. They, uh, say, Stephen Parker, it was the same way. He was the third safety. I mean, and then you started picking up players off the street like uh, like Tay Hayes and like Nick Needham to 
to to play those backup cornerback roles. So Josh Boyer and Brian Flores have shown that ability to develop these cornerbacks. So the big question remains is, you know, can they develop who's on the roster or should they be spending resources in that third through seventh round to, to get some talent infused in there? I think they can do both. I really do. I, I expect with 14 draft picks, some of these draft picks are going to wash out on the roster before the season kicks off. And, you know, it's just a numbers game at that point. I, I don't expect that every single one of the draft picks makes it. And I think there's going to be a few surprises amongst the players that a lot of folks consider safe on this roster as, as we move through camp and as, as some of these guys develop, listen, and impress. You know, you show me a player that works hard um, and shows a flash of talent, I'll show you a guy they'll keep. You show me a guy that they decide that they're done with, which is part of the reason why I'm not fully giving up on Josh Rosen yet. They have no qualm admitting their mistake, cutting ties and moving on. You want further proof of that? Look back at Isaiah Prince last year. Look at Isaiah Prince and tell me that they will not move on from a guy in a heartbeat even if it's somebody that's shown some promise for development once they decide that they are done with that player. So yeah, it's they're they're getting that ruthlessness, but with loyalty that you saw from the Pats over the last 20 years. And so you're going to see a mix of both. And I do expect Miami to take, you know, not just the corner or two, but possibly two or more safeties with the 14 picks they have in this draft. Yeah, I'm with you there. I, I see the Dolphins uh, drafting two or three defensive backs here uh, on day three, one of which in, th- this might be the one player I raise my hand and say the Dolphins are going to take, and that's uh, Harrison Hand, the cornerback slash safety at a temple. He is somebody that if, if you were to draw up a player that was out of place at cornerback and can tackle well enough and, and fit the measurables to play safety, he would be that guy. And I credit uh, uh, Kyle Krabs from the uh, Draft Dudes podcast for tipping me off on this guy. Um, Yeah, I mean, a a, a very solid player who is thick in the hips and can play in the slot and can tackle very, very well. Uh, I I could see him being that fifth, sixth, or seventh defensive back that we've talked about. Anybody else stick out to you here, Paul, at defensive back? No, I'm just going to actually – jump in here with with a quick just reminisce on the one guy that I re, like I told you before the show guy I wanted to talk about guy I'm going to reminisce on because he's a late round possibly undrafted player according to most sites and draft boards but I'll tell you it's if Miami can come out of this draft with a Meek Robinson or Robertson and slot him into that secondary I think he's a guy that Flores would have fun moving around and ruining people's day just because he's got such a good skill set, plays with a chip on his shoulder, plays fearless but smart, and plays so much faster than his 40-time reads. I mean, his 40-time wasn't that slow that it's to the point that it's a deterrent for the guy. I mean, you see guys run a 4-4 and get referred to as running fast, and he ran, what, a 4-4-9, I think it was, and gets referred to as slow. he makes up for it with his football smarts and instincts. And, and I'll take that every day. So I'll, I'll put you on the spot here, Paul. Uh, 56, 70, 141, 
Where are you thinking about Amik Robertson? If the Dolphins are as sold on him as I am, I could see them making me grab in the fourth. But I think fifth round is a sweet spot for Amik. I think he's still there because of his size, because of the depth of the position. So fifth round, I would snatch him. You know, if he's on the board, I, I'm running to the podium. I'm going to be salivating, saying just wanted to pick in, kind of like I did years ago with uh, Jay Ajayi. Once I saw he was still on the board, um, fifth round is the sweet spot for him. For me. Yeah, f- fourth, fifth round for Harrison Hand and Meek Robertson is exactly where I would want to take these types of players because one part of it is that is that Brian Flores and, and Josh Boer have been so good at developing these players, but it's also good to get an influx of talent. And the, the faster these players run and the better they are in man coverage, the more likely they are to be Dolphins in day three of the draft. And that's going to do it for our breakdown of the defensive back spot here. And this is our final uh, spot here in our positional breakdown, Paul. Uh, so I have to what, ask no you. No punters? No, no punters? Uh, well, well, Braden Mann's going to be a fifth-round picker of the Dolphins. That's already seven uh, when, when you 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 got you got to at least give Mann a review. He kicks the shit out of the ball. There we go. We reviewed the punter. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so Sorry, one, last qu- one last question. Yeah. What is your given what's going on out there? What is your game? What's going to be your draft day ritual this year? Man, I'm. I'm torn. I've gotten invited to a bunch of these Zoom party things that some of the Dolphin fans are putting on. Don't uh, go. I not. I. I. You know. I, I've got some thoughts in my head right now. Uh, I, I think I'm going to talk about them on a, on another episode. I, I think. Okay. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll Fair get back enough. To you on it, but. Fair yeah. enough. And there's a lot of of draft day virtual parties going on out there, and that couldn't warm my heart more. I hope this has provided a necessary distraction for a lot of people, really. For me, uh, I'm inviting one friend over who every year, we, he's a Bucks fan, and uh, I'm ordering eight Popeye's chicken sandwiches, having a, a bottle of uh, Captain Morgan, and we're, Paul and I are going to do the sh- uh, a show later on to recap the Dolphins' three first-round picks or any picks they make in the first round we're on facebook twitter spreaker itunes youtube iHeartRadio, and spotify i'm brian cat nfl paul is fanatic underscore pick on twitter and if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side it is on the fifth side solo d take us home it ain't the left side or the right side and it must be the fifth side it ain't the left side or the right side and it must be the fifth side Listen, Dolphins fans across the land all tuning in to see what we're